Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The following content is not suitable for children. Can you imagine being married and really never having sex? <sighs> Sounds terrible, Lori. It is terrible because we want our romantic relationships to be emotionally secure, but we want them to be sexual too. Who would want to be in a relationship that's not sexual? I, I guess there are people that do, but I'm talking about people where at least one of them wants sex. That seems terrible. So let's talk about it and figure this out. Awesome. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Well, Lori, I was really shocked to hear the statistics that 20% of couples are considered sexless, having sex less than one or two times a year. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's Less than 10 times is technically. Yeah. I like to make up my numbers a little bit <laughs> to strengthen my argument. But, but, that, but people, right, people are having sex once or twice a year or not at all. Or not at all. And it's not, you know, a rare exception. It's actually quite common. Mm -hmm. You know, chances are, you know somebody that's not having sex and it, it's, it appears like they have, right. right, a good relationship and they partner well and they parent well and yet in a bedroom, they're not doing so well. Right. So how do we help them? Mm, that's so tough. We do need to kind of rely on the one person who wants sex because mm -hmm. that's that's the beginning of leverage. You know, they they want the relationship to be romantic and sexual. I mean, if two people are giving up, they don't they both don't want to have sex. That's whatever. You know, they can do whatever they want, but it's the person who wants it that the leverage is present with. So I I usually begin to ask, you know, what happened? When did it fall apart? When did it stop? Why did it stop? And what I commonly find out, George, is, you know, usually that person comes in by themselves because they think their partner won't join them. Mm. And, I, and I ask about their partner and I hear all kinds of things. You know, they're frigid. They have low T. They don't want it. Um, they're too self-conscious. They'll never do it. They don't masturbate. You know, then I bring the partner in 
And it's it's never as dead as the first partner thinks it is. You know, I, I have talked to, I don't know how many people who say, you know, my partner never thinks about sex, never masturbates, nothing. Then I talk to the partner and they're like, yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, you know, more like tension relief or because it's so complicated with my partner, I don't want to, you know, get involved with them sexually anymore because it's just too complicated. But they are actually sexual. I think that's a great point that there's actually probably more desire than both people in a sexless marriage recognize. Mm -hmm. People are thinking about it. They just don't know how to talk about it. A really predictable pattern I see with a lot of couples is if we're working with a heterosexual couple where, you know, the the female is the emotional pursuer Mm -hmm. and the male is the emotional withdrawer right. and they fall into that negative cycle and there's a lot of distance in their relationship. And before you know it, that, that emotional distance starts to get pulled into the bedroom, mm-hmm. right? And for a lot of men, that is how they can be vulnerable and connect. Yes. So they need that sex to kind of start bridging the, the distance even emotionally. But for a lot of women, hey, I don't really want to have sex with this guy. I don't feel close. I don't really feel so safe. I start to feel objectified. It, it feels like it's just an act. I don't feel like I'm present. You can see how you know their desire, they, they start to kind of shut down and not want sex. Mm-hmm. And then when they start to reject their partner and not want to have sex, now we're in trouble, mm-hmm. right? So now this, this male who was pursuing sexually is no longer pursuing, mm-hmm. right? And now there's all this pressure on both of them. The, the female partner doesn't feel safe. And now before you know it, they love each other and are not having sex. Mm-hmm. Many times when I hear about the breakdown, so I ask couples, when did it first start becoming a problem? And oftentimes there's a there's a misinterpretation of his sexual push. Mm-hmm. She may be from her history or trauma or, or whatever, sees him only wanting sex versus wanting her wanting to be attached to her and connected to her sexually. And I think for a lot of the men that come in to see me, they don't just want to get off. Right. You know, they they really do connect in their bodies. Their body has a language, has a fluency that their words don't. And so they reach out in love to connect in their body. Mm-hmm. And when they're turned down or their partner, usually female, who says, you know, I need word kind of connection first – you know, he, he doesn't have words. And so he's using his body to get there. And, and many times after sex, he feels more comfortable to mm-hmm. talk and to be more vulnerable. So, you know, some of it I think is they don't have enough language to talk about what they feel. And men, I mean, if they're if he's an emotional withdrawer and a sexual pursuer, you know, words are not his strength. So he can't articulate it. And she, you know, she's deaf to maybe the language of the body, maybe because of testosterone. She just doesn't have as much natural drive or right. whatever. Uh, she can't hear it. So it gets really polarized. You know, he only wants sex. And, you know, he thinks she doesn't want sex. She doesn't want me. Well, there's an assumption, I think, for most therapists, especially EFT therapists, right? We're coming from a perspective of if you can help create safety in emotional conversations, if he can talk about his hurt in rejection, if she can talk about her feeling of, you know, pressure of not feeling wanted, you know, emotionally, like Mm -hmm. when couples can connect around 
their vulnerabilities, Mm -hmm. it really launches them into a safer place to then focus on their sexual bond. So that tends to be the order, right? And and a lot of time in my experience, that's exactly what works, but it doesn't always work, right? And, And I think what we're trying to open up space for in this conversation, especially around sexless couples, is you know, the importance of addressing the sex a little bit earlier while you're also addressing the emotional conversation. A little bit earlier? (laughs) I don't understand how you can de-escalate a couple if you're not talking about sex. Mm -hmm. Because generally speaking, one of them is the sexual pursuer and the other is the sexual withdrawer. Just the same in the emotional cycle, there's a sexual cycle that has a push and a pull too. Mm -hmm. So if if you don't talk about it early... You know, I'm a sex therapist, so right, people come to me for sexual problems, but I'm also a couples therapist and people who don't even know I'm a sex therapist come to me. And the same thing holds. It's, I mean, sex is so foundational to the romantic relationship. There's, there's actually three cycles, you know, the emotional cycle, the emotional attachment cycle, the sexual attachment cycle, and the caretaking cycle. And Mm -hmm. those three are really important in terms of their interlocking dynamics, how they influence each other, and how they are influenced by each other. So I I hear, yes, it'd be wonderful if we could get people emotionally connected, then certainly they would feel more sexually connected. The only problem with it is they don't always. Mm-hmm. Emotional connection doesn't always lead to sexual security. I don't think you can be emotionally secure unless we know and understand the dynamics of the sexual relationship. Well, especially with a sexless couple, the presenting problem is not having sex besides whatever's happening emotionally in their relationship. Mm -hmm. So how would you address that right from the get-go that yes, you're simultaneously addressing their emotions and how they process their fears and their hurts. I mean, that's, that's definitely part of it. But how do you make more explicit this this lack of conversation around something that's so important? Right. So I would ask, especially the sexual pursuer, because that's where the energy is, you know, in the beginning, like, tell me about what has happened, what you feel, what does it feel like to not have your bodies sharing? You know, Mm -hmm. what is that like? It sucks. I'll be that pursuer. Okay. It does not feel good. I mean, I've tried and I'm sick of trying. And it's just, you know, I read books, I try different things and and nothing works. And, you know, you can't clap with one hand, Lori. That's right. You can't. That's painful. Do you, do you, you say it hurts and have you told her about... You know, how you feel about being so lonely. I've tried everything. I've talked. I haven't talked. I've laughed. I've shown movies, books. I've tried it all. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, there's only so many times you're going to get rejected before you say, yeah, it's not worth it. I love what this guy is saying because he's, he is now putting a few words to how it feels to not be connected to her physically. So you look at her, you find her attractive, you long for her. Tell me about that. Yeah, I'd rather you talk to her because this is, you know, I don't want to talk about what I want and what I long for when it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something wrong with her. She just doesn't want to have sex. You know, I met her. She wanted to have sex. But this person I'm with now does not want to have sex. Mm-hmm. And I'm sick of begging. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of begging. So I'm not I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. And if we didn't ask this guy right in the beginning, George, mm-hmm. what he was feeling, all that resentment, that anger, that rejection, I mean, that's just, without lancing it early, 
I mean, we could ask her all day long and she would say, you know, he doesn't talk to me. He doesn't share with me. I can be her. You know, I just, you know, he's just preoccupied with his work. He doesn't ever really come home and mm-hmm. join me. It's it's so lonely being with him. And yeah, then sometimes he just wants it. And it's like, I don't want to be that kind of receptacle just to for him to get off. Let's like, forget about it. I mean, she'd be angry too, but... I'm actually probably put in words to more of a pursuer, right? Because I still have access to the resentment and the anger. Mm-hmm. You know, fast forward another couple of years. I don't want to feel the pain of the hurt or the anger or the annoyance of the resentment. That's why the resignation so often is what kicks in mm-hmm. for these sexless. It's like, it's just not worth it. You're, you're the burned out sexual You, you get burnt out, right? right? It's 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 like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to get myself hurt. Yeah. Why are we and bringing wanna, up this conversation? I don't want to leave the marriage. I don't want to leave the marriage. I mean, that's the problem, right? If I mean, people have other solutions and they do leave marriages and they do do all kinds of stuff, poly, whatever. But I think our problem at 4Play Radio is how do we help the couple who's committed to fidelity, but stuck in this really entrenched place where they don't want to leave the marriage. They do need sex and they're sexless. Yes, that's a great description of the bind, the dilemma they're getting stuck in. They want their partner. They just don't know how to talk about it in any way that's going to lead to success. And that's where we come in. Hey, I just want to take a minute to thank our Patreon supporters. I am very grateful for what you've done, and we'd love to invite the rest of you in on our mission. Your support means more than you realize, and it keeps this project moving forward, and we're really hoping to reach greater heights. Find a link on foreplayradiosextherapy.com or foreplayrst.com, and we are so thankful for your support. Become a supporter at the highest level and be part of George and Lori's live Q&A, exclusively for patrons on June 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There is only one FDA-approved little pink pill. Addy or Flubanserin is for premenopausal women bothered by low sex drive. Visit addyi.com slash foreplay and complete your online consultation to see if Addy is right for you. Addy is for premenopausal women with acquired generalized hypoactive low sexual desire disorder, HSDD, who have not had problems with low sexual desire in the past and who have low sexual desire no matter the type of sexual activity, the situation, or the sexual partner. The low sexual desire is troubling to them and is not due to a medical or mental health problem, problems in the relationship, or medicine or other drug use. Addy is not for use in men or to enhance sexual performance. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is increased if you drink one to two standard alcoholic drinks close in time to your Addy dose. Wait at least two hours after drinking before taking Addy at bedtime. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is also increased if you take certain prescriptions, over-the-counter or herbal medications, or have liver problems. Low blood pressure and fainting can happen when you take Addy even if you don't drink alcohol or take other medicines. Sleepiness, sometimes serious, can occur. Common side effects include dizziness, nausea, tiredness, difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, and dry mouth. See full PI including box warning at Addy.com forward slash PI or call 844-PING-PILL. Visit ADDYI.com slash foreplay. So, Lori, wow. When you get into a relationship, you get into a committed relationship, thinking you're going to have great sex. And before you know it, the distance creeps in, the pressure on both people mounts, and you just don't want to feel the pain of it not working. It gets easier to not take the risk. To prevent the negative, you lose the chance for the positive. Mm -hmm. And for way too many couples, that becomes their story, right? So I think the first thing we're trying to do is just normalize that. That happens, Mm -hmm. right? It's what our body does when we don't feel like we have a way out. If it's like 
you know, if I'm going to bang my head against the wall, it's going to hurt. I don't want to bang my head against the wall. Right. Right. In sex, there's been too many negative encounters of rejection and pressure and it not working and failure and shame. So they're just trying to survive the negativity of that. So I think the first thing that we're talking about here is the importance of at least addressing a problem. You got to talk about it. You got to start saying, you know, listen, we, and both people usually do want to have sex. They just don't know how to talk about wanting it in a way that's going to be successful. So how do we really get intentional? I think that's the big word for me to confront this issue, because if you don't talk about it, it's going to be another two years. It's going to be another four years before you know it. And I'm always surprised, and I shouldn't be, I guess, at this point when both partners are saying, how long has it been? Has it been that long? Yeah. Two years. And the other one says, two years? It's been, no, it's been five years. And they're like... Really? Wow, really? And it's like- Do you know we have sex on, on vacation? That, no, no, remember you had a headache. You're on your period. Wow, yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah. It is rough. And it just he, shows he their brains not thinking about it. If time could just stretch out that's that long, that they got to avoid thinking about the topic. So that's what we're trying to force in these conversations. You said something that I think is important and arguable. You said, you know, both people actually want to have sex. And I think that, both people long for mm-hmm. the sexual connection, perhaps that they shared early on in their life. Like if they could have that back, they would want that, but they've lost their way, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we got to help them with is it's not necessarily just going back to that because it can probably be better than that, yep. but it's finding a way through to each other again so that the sex can be both good, you know, and feel good be intimate and the vulnerability of starting over, we can help them process that because I think couples, you know, taking their clothes off again Mm -hmm. is so vulnerable. Exactly. And so how do they talk about how that feels and the difficulty that they go through? I think in therapy, certainly that's some of what we process and talk through and help people with. I love that being really scheduling low expectations, mm-hmm. building capacity. If you haven't had sex in a couple of years, to throw yourself in bed is probably setting you up for failure, right. right? But maybe the first time you have a conversation at dinner around sex, and then the next time maybe we do some sensei focus where you just kind of snuggle in bed. That's all it is. Get reacquainted with each other's body and leave your clothes on. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the next time, all right, let's take our clothes off, but non general touch, right? This is just a nice way of just kind of massage or whatever else. Like, and, and you slowly and each time is followed up by conversations. But now this couple who hasn't been avoiding the topic is starting to slowly encounter and have success in the topic. Yeah. I had a couple who's pretty sexless and, and sex has just never gotten off the ground for many reasons in their relationship. They've been married too long. And we did that. Uh, I had them do an exercise like that where they were just to touch no genital stimulation at all, Mm -hmm. just to enjoy both how they were touching their partner and then their partner to feel it. And then afterwards when we were processing it, you know, I I don't think that sex therapy is just about what happened or what could happen or dysfunction. It's really about exploring people's minds mm-hmm. and their, their sexual minds. So I asked her, could you tell me? She said, you know, well, I, I touched his legs. I'm like, okay, where did you touch him on his leg? Mm-hmm. She's like, and she started giggling and laughing. I'm like, no, no, seriously. And I kind of did the whole George thing of, you know, it's great that it's laughter. It's, this is an escape valve and, you know, address the block. And then 
brought her back to what she felt. And it was really difficult, but she eventually started sticking with it. And she's like, you know, I I really like, like the outside of his legs are hard and the inside of his legs are soft. And I, I like both touches. And I said, you know, what about the hair on his legs? And he's like, I don't have hair on my legs. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, and, and then I said, what would you have wanted to do? And then she goes and she talks about, you know, what I really would have wanted to do is to get the oil and I would have wanted to heat it. And you know how pursuers are. We go on and on in details. And so she goes on and on in details about the oil. And then, you know, then she's going to put it on his legs and touch him. And I, I asked her what she felt as she was imagining this, you know, and she starts crying and she's like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm turned on. And he's like, I'm totally turned on. You know, these people are sexless. Right. But they start talking about this really simple exercise in erotic ways, starting to to take down the wall of their eroticism. Mm. I think that's what makes sex sexy for a lifetime is it's not just what you do in bed. It's how you think about what you do in bed and how you talk about it because that's ageless. Yeah, it's great. If we can get people back into their erotic mind, they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I, and I think what is also helpful is to not set them up for failure, to have a problem, to have a plan for the dysfunction. Because that's probably likely to happen after all these years, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so much pressure. So how do you just kind of normalize that? Those low expectations in the beginning, it's okay not to have an orgasm. The goal is just to connect. The goal is to reacquaint, right? And if if the pressure puts on a break, and it stops the pressure that you can actually talk about that afterwards is a great success for that story, right. you know, for that couple to not be so alone with those things. Right. And I think so many couples don't, they, they just hope there's going to be no dysfunction. And then when, when it happens, they can't get aroused, they can't maintain, whatever the problem is, all of a sudden they're like, oh, this is exactly why we don't have sex. And they go right back to kind of turning off. So I think we need a real, a real plan for the likelihood of that. That's normal after all these years to have pressure and have, and like being able to talk about it is the missing ingredient to get back to what you're saying so beautifully, the importance of that erotic mind mm-hmm. to kind of turn the anxiety into pleasure. I think you're right. There's going to be problems. What you said too, just, you know, erections. Actually, it turns out that we would think that women turn off more concretely and create sexless marriages. But the statistics say that when a man has ED, that's often the end of sex. Yeah. And it's it's a harder end. No, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, uh, uh, you know. It's harder when it gets soft, right, Laura? <laughs> it is. But- I think the beautiful thing about starting over is the body does also have a life of its own. Mm -hmm. So it has a memory about how good it feels to be touched, Mm -hmm. especially if we're allowing touch to happen without pressure, you know, just naked to naked. That's such a great feeling. So it's going to happen. So many times you're right. the, The man is the one that wants to not feel like a failure. So the best way to do it now is just don't have sex. Yeah. Right. And and what a tragic loss it is for the couple to just be able to have that conversation that says, I still want to have sex with you. I'm just afraid. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid it's not going to work. You're going to be disappointed in me. And then I'm going to really get disappointed in myself. And it's those feelings that I'm trying to avoid, not trying to avoid you. I know when a couple is having that conversation with each other, they're on the road towards sex. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about like what has happened. This is the intersection of the emotional connection 
is what has happened so that when something doesn't work sexually, mm-hmm. she's not able to reach orgasm or he's not able to reach orgasm or, you know, he can't reach orgasm inside her anymore. That's, that happens a bunch. You know, he can maybe with like hard masturbation or hard stimulation, but not, you know, intervaginally. And they, they don't know how to accommodate that because they they don't have enough flexibility talking about these really intimate body sensations and experiences. It's like, it's so taboo. Mm-hmm. Even if they're good friends, they don't necessarily have a way to talk about sex. And so they don't. And then it just shuts it down. So important. Again, I just want to highlight it. And 10% of sexual encounters are going to end with some kind of miss, right? And yet there's not a plan for those misses. Mm-hmm. We all have these high expectations. It's always going to work well, mm-hmm. right? So they just prepare couples beforehand. Like, no, it's okay if it don't work. How do you see the opportunity in that to have a conversation you normally don't have? Right, it's really a doorway into the most vulnerable parts of who we are when things are not working. And I think when couples feel empowered to have those conversations, the pressure and the fear of it not working really reduces. Yeah, I agree. The normalization of sexual problems. People think everybody else is having hot sex. And the truth is, is everybody is having difficulties at some point in their sex life. And yeah, 10%, only 10%. You know, I don't know if I can make that, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's always good. You know, just connecting in your body is always good in my mind. Yeah. So I, I want to convey to people that sexlessness can be helped, mm-hmm. you know, and I know you've tried everything, but sometimes they haven't. Sometimes they really haven't told their partner, look at this for me is essential. I have to have this. I had one guy and you know, it, it was difficult. His wife had had trauma. There were a lot of problems. He, and he was the sweetest man, emotionally connected, emotionally connected inside. Mm-hmm. And he said, honey, I get it. I, I am heartbroken over what's happened to you. And I will support you totally. You got one year. Right. You know, I mean, he's like, this is essential for us to yeah. have sex. And I mean, some people out there maybe say, oh, that's unfair to put a timeline on it. But I thought it was so authentic. He knew he needed sex to be connected to her, and he was fighting for the relationship to say, look, it can't be like this forever. He was standing up for himself while holding the relationship, which is beautiful. And loving her and and caring about what had happened to her. And knowing how important it is. And I think that's our main message here, Mm -hmm. that- there's so much love in sexless marriage that you're willing to kind of lose parts of yourself and hide parts of yourself to keep the peace and keep it going. If we could channel that love in more explicit, direct ways, you can unleash that into a better sex life and you both deserve that. So if if you're listening and you're in one of these marriages, just have a conversation. That's the first step. And if you take that first step and you kind of set yourself up you know, the build your capacity over time with a plan and you have a plan for it not working, you're going to be good to go. Mm. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot, y'all. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.